that. Um, that's really cool. We've been contending for that for a while to see that happen. And I know how incredibly difficult it is to put something together that actually works and you can actually sing. But that was amazing. That was an amazing song. Praise God for that. I felt to share this also this morning. We, we often speak about walking by faith and not by sight, and that faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things unseen. And I want to challenge us that we should really, in our daily lives, I see we so often look at the limits of the flesh and then decide to stay within it. Um, as if it, I mean, it makes logical sense to do that. And just an, as an example, I mean, of that, I, I had a conversation with someone, just a conversation I've had a lot of times with a lot of people, but God gave a specific understanding to me in that. And I, we were speaking about buying a house. And then obviously the conversation goes to, but, you know, what can you afford? What does the bank say you can afford? So if you would run your little calculator and see, cool, I can afford 1.7 million. Then you set the uh, property 24 alert to something between 1.5 and, and 2. And then you look for something you can afford, right? And I was just so convicted by that way of thinking right there. And I just realized none of the houses that I've ever bought or lived in, as that, that has never been how we actually got it. And it's all been from God. And if you walk by faith, then we don't set the limits of the natural to the best where they can be and then try to stay just within that. We are completely fine with going way under or way over as God leads us. We're completely fine with just following Him, even if I can afford X. I mean, I'm only speaking about buying a house now as an example, but the principle stands. Let's just follow Him and in faith not set our limits to just within the end of what we know the flesh is capable of. Are you with me? And I'm not a prosperity guy that will say, trust God for double. I mean, He would definitely give double, and He has, in my case, done that many times many times but I believe only to the heart that is also willing to go for half you just follow Jesus right let's make our decisions like that let us close our eyes and I want to read this scripture over you I think you've heard it before reading from the new international version let it minister to you you don't have to close your eyes but I just wanted to minister to your heart The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, I pray that we wouldn't only be able to recite this psalm and know it, but that we would have experiential knowledge of this psalm. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell a quick, um, a quick testimony. This is not going to be a sermon as you know it. Um, I'm going to tell a quick testimony. Then Jacques is going to share a couple of principles from his life that is um, along the same lines. And then we are going to work through some practical exercises again to entrench what we believe the Lord has been, has been um, teaching us. So it'll be nice and practical and uh, you won't have to listen to me for a whole 45 minutes again. I, I know you like, you like to do that also. <laughs> so I, we have been in Cape Town now for two and a half years almost. And it's been uh, the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful times of our life. And in 2019, when we started here, we got to learn how this congregation works, who the people are. We got to know you. Um, the Lord has been, was gracious to us. It was our first attempt at leading a congregation. Um, and um, everything that dr- dramatically fell apart did so in a way that it didn't affect uh, too many of us. Um, and uh, it was a glorious, amazing year where we saw the Lord's goodness. We worked really hard, and I came to learn later on that um, a lot of it was obedient to God, but in the obedience of it, there was a lot of a lot of a lot of flesh trying to be obedient to God. And then, I mean, 2020 happened and it was intense. So anyone that leads anything had, had, uh, had an interesting time just to figure out, like, what do you do? And then everything changes every month, sometimes every week. And then you need to figure out, okay, cool, let's rework church. Let's read the Bible again and see what is it, how does it look, what should we do, what should we not do, what is everybody else saying, what are they doing? No, we shouldn't look at what everybody else is saying, what they are doing. Yeah, we should listen to it a l- little bit. We should hear from the Lord, hear from the counsel of many, work through our own fears, try to make sense of all this. It was amazing. An amazing honor, but it was intense. And at the end of last year, out of the blue, really, I got three different words from three different people that in various ways told me. sound person also thinks so. (laughs) 
to let go now various beautiful things God showed them and all the beautiful pictures about me being a, a broom and I've swept everything nice in order but now I'm still trying to sweep and I'm re-sweeping old things that I've already swept and I was just put the broom down now it's and I must, I must, there's some balls that I need to just drop and let go of and there's some sheds I need to lock and walk away from and I was like Lord but I mean I do this full time so if I do that then what should I do you know um, and uh, I, had, I had to learn that letting go is not giving up can you receive that word? Letting go is not giving up. It's asking God to do it better. So I didn't, I mean, who would listen to words like that? So, I mean, I didn't listen to words like that. I said, thank you very much. Uh, it rings, it's, you know, it resonates, but I mean, how do you do that? So then I just emotionally and physically, my body and my mind just almost kind of crashed sometime towards the end of last year and the beginning of this year I was a bad space I'm still trying to get my health back working with some uh, doctors on that and this and I'm um, doing all these things I've been preaching on and it's it's been it's been really rough and my body was telling me uh, you don't want to listen so you're going to listen now so I realized I needed to listen and then for the first time in my life, I decided to let go. And just, I didn't have any projects anymore I wanted to run. I had no, no courses that I was going to, you know, implement now and do now and no new things and no this and no that. I just did. I preached and I had new member brides. And I did my admin and I saw a couple of people. I just went, yeah, I went I let go like never before. And from the moment I let go, for the first time in the two and a half years that we've been here, for the first time since I've done that, our church started to grow. More than 20, 30, maybe more, Juliet would be able to say, new people we're having our fourth new members but we thought it would be nice to have one because we saw there are some new people there's just an overflow and an overflow and an overflow and now we're having our fourth new members brian new people coming into the church i'm saying god i've got nothing to do with this i just have to have a bride so i can at least know the people coming in to our midst and the lord's adding in the time when i didn't labor and i wanted to, i want to just tell you a god's building his church b the church and whatever you do in your life is no different because you are the church and this might be something for you also the flesh knows what it can do and then sometimes you think it must do all it can and then you will see the results of what you have done but god wants us to walk in his ways of peace and to see him do what only he can do and it's much more than what we can do amen so i'm gonna i'm 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 loving this god is doing my job for me hallelujah that's my little testimony and uh, now i'm gonna ask jock 
to share some of the principles. We've been working through concepts like rest and shalom and anxiety and these things, and we just feel the Lord wants to just continue in that vein. Um, it's been my journey, and it's been the journey of many of us, and Jacques has also received a lot of wisdom from the Lord in that. Thanks, dear Bia. can take off my mask. Um, yeah, so excited to share a short snippet. Um, Debbie said I can't preach. I might slip in an extra scripture or two now that I have a mic. Um, but maybe just, uh, so going to try and keep it basic, but I think where the theme, if I can, I like to, my personality type likes to explore, so if I can explore a little bit while I, I talk you through it. But a few years ago, I saw this picture of a delivery truck delivering things, and Pierre is here from Take A Lot, so it was actually a Take A Lot type of picture. I used Take A Lot a lot, so I, I got this package, and it was like getting a package, um, but I didn't open it, and it in, in perspective with, with God, I felt like God was giving a lot of things, and at best, I would sign for receipt of it, but these boxes would just stand there. I mean, Pierre, that's not what you want, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, I just felt like there's really more, but I'm not receiving it. God is giving it, and I might even know that God is giving it. And I couldn't really put words to it to, to that extent. And I think last year COVID happened, so it was quite a busy and rushed year. There was a lot of things happening at the same time. And at the end of the year, I felt quite um, depleted, although I knew that there were amazing good stuff that happened during the year where God came through in so many ways for our congregation, personally, at work. But it's almost as if I could, my heart couldn't receive a reality of God's goodness in that, although intellectually I knew this is good but I didn't have the energy or capacity um, to almost receive it. I, I lived as if those things didn't happen, or that was my internal reality. Um, and because of that, December is after that thought, well, there's some things that we need to change, me and my wife, just in terms of thinking of how we're going to go about this, building in rhythms and things just to almost drink God's peace if you like that which his word says he has given us and just while sitting here just was reminded about the parable about the sower and the one scenario is between the weeds where the seed falls between the weeds and the explanation Jesus says as for what was sown among the thorns this is the one who hears the word but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. And he bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. And like Debbie said, understanding in that sense is not only intellectually recalling it and even being aware of it, but it's like the word says, receiving from God means we're going to bear fruit. And those around us, our family, our work, they are going to be able to eat of this fruit. So when it comes to peace, it's not only be able to 
dodge anxiety, if you like, but it's actually bearing fruit of that peace so that those around you can feed on that your circumstances get changed because what of Jesus did through your life and that peace that reigns in your life. He's the prince of peace and of the increase of his peace and his government. There is no end, right? So if our Holy Spirit is a fountain inside of us, that peace should be overflowing and affecting our workspaces and our family and all of that. And where that's not the case, then maybe there's cares and things choking us from receiving that. And then another scripture just for context is the one Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7 and I might not read the whole one but uh, Debbie preached uh, amazingly on it unpacking it but uh, do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and then it goes on to say Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure and lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And then it says, what you have learned and received, heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. And things that stand out from that for me within this, it says, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. So it's intellectually, but also your heart. I mean, if you get that dreaded email or fear, sometimes it grips your heart. Suddenly there's this terror, this fear that grips your heart. So there's a place where we can live in that peace, where God's peace, God's even our hearts. And Debbie mentioned faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And there's this Afrikaans saying, directly translated, where there's a will, there's a way. And then I've heard it said that later, so where there's a will, there's a way, and later the will becomes the way. And in that sense, that's faith for me. It's seeing the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We cannot see it. The Bible promises that. We can maybe not see the principles of this peace in our lives directly just by reading it. But by faith, we can take God's word and where there's a will, there's a way. So the Bible shows us, here's the blueprint, here's the way. And later that can become our reality by faith. The substance of things hoped for. We're all hoping for peace, right? Shalom peace, uh, spiritual, emotional, physical, whole, the wholeness of God inside of us through Christ Jesus. Um, and that can become evidence so our work, like Philippians says, is to practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So it doesn't say only implement it or download version 2 of peace. If there's a new version that they even rolled out and you can just go and download it at this link and then you'll be fine. It actually says practice it. And on, if you go on in Philippians um, just before that famous verse that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He says, now I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. And just, this is Paul speaking. He has learned to be content. Not when he got saved, he became immediately content. And from there, he's just been rolling with contentness and handing it out. It's a fruit 
that he cultivated in his life. And in the same way, we need to practice these things. And the great thing about that is you're going to fail. If you're not failing, maybe you're not trying something new. So, and just to come back, this is the promise, is God's peace. And just that can be part of our lives and that's part of our inheritance to carry. But we should practice it and learn how it works. And our specific scenarios as well. The scripture gives us the truth, but we need to go apply it in our own lives, circumstances, and, and all of that. So that's just, just some, some context um, in, in terms of that. So, and obviously the word says that we should be doers and not hearers only, right? So for, for us to get back to our personal um, learnings that, that I got from this so far in attending and practicing these things, this is not um, comprehensive truth of my life, this is my application of it and practicing, trying to practice it. So the, the way I broke it down um, is, is make is three things that I broke it down to. is making time to reflect and remember, um, make time to celebrate, um, commemorate, praise and worship, and then making time to enjoy, be mindful and being present about it. And I can expand on it. What I did coming back from December, where I realized having a physical holiday actually didn't fill up my rest. Um, and what's great about that, not having a holiday also doesn't need to deplete your rest, although having holidays and resting is good. So I'm definitely not saying you shouldn't do it. But anyway, so what I did is um, just reviewing the year past and getting into a habit of reviewing a quarter, just looking at what was, what was the, not only high points, but things that happened. And there's so many good things that God does and making that a habit of going and looking at, looking at my calendar, looking at photos and a journal and just seeing what things that God do or good things that happened and just so that I can take uh, getting back to that picture of a delivery truck so that I can take that package and not forget that oh yes I received that four weeks ago but it's still standing there at the front door under something but actually unpack it and start using it um, so that I can receive what God has given me in in whatever way and then the other thing is what Diabia mentioned in, in his sermon as well as that free good things technique where you just list, I try and do it daily, what's the free good things or free listing free of it, but what is the good thing that happened, what caused it and what emotion does it stir. And that just helped me to take things from intellectually being aware and acknowledging a good thing happened to actually, you know, starting to receive it, to, to realizing I knew my wife was amazing, but after doing this, I just realized there's so many things that is because of my amazing wife that I can do what I want. There's so many things that because I live in a community house with Debbie and Runel and Aubrey and Joanna and Lisa and Alice, there's so many things, good things that happen because of that. And I can, that's just almost a source for me to generate praise and thankfulness to God and to say, 
well, I wouldn't even have thought of those things because it's almost like, yeah, it's obvious that that is a thing, but actually to stand, that just fills up my list of things to be thankful and to, to respond to God in thankfulness and praise. And then small rhythms of walking with my wife weekly or running. I, I use it to go get ice cream or coffee somewhere as an excuse to get ice cream because I'm advancing this good rhythm, but I've Maybe somewhere I'll drop the ice cream, but for now, that's my excuse for, for having the ice cream. But just then to talk and to talk to her about the good things. And I think verbalizing the good things to, to those around you also goes a long way of just telling your mind the good things that God, what God is doing. And like that verse in Philippians says, focus on those good things. And what you focus on your mind, you're forming new pattern so that your mind can taste and see that you are good. There's obviously a place where by faith we continually need to engage that place, but there's also a place where that doesn't only have to go in and out, it can actually come and stay and reside with inside you. Um, But your soul can taste and see that God is good. And then from that, make time to celebrate, commemorate, praise and worship. So after I've with that three good things and speaking to Nita about it, I fill up the stank of things that I know I want to give praise to God. I can take those things. And those are not always like super spiritual breakthrough revelations that I list there. Actually, most of 90% of it is basic things that an unbeliever would probably also be able to list, but I know it comes from God. But then to take those things and to, with thankfulness, bring it before God and give Him thanks. Because 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 says in, um, what does it say, Debia? Rejoice always, uh, give, pray without ceasing, give thanks in everything. And uh, how am I going to practice that if I have to first stop and think, what am I thankful for? So I'm just trying to um, bulk up or store up those things of thankfulness continually. And if you ask me now, there's a lot of things that, basic things, but that has really made my life richer um, in that. So celebrating that with God in praise, but also with people and trying to start making milestones of these relationships and things that God has given you. And in the few months that I've done it, I also realized, wow, how many things I've been taking for granted um, that is that other people don't have, um, especially with relationships and that which we have as a community, as a church, um, which, yeah, just gives me more opportunity for, for, for giving thanks. And, yeah, I realize it has actually helped me to have a positive outlook on things when I get into energy draining circumstances which I at work there's a, there's a lot of those um, thankfully that it helps me grow but so I need to emotionally almost fill up and that's one way for me to almost to, 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 to take hold of a piece of God in that um, yeah and, and, and a learning in terms of that what I've also realized is the risk of dualism Sometimes of thinking that we, you know, this church things has God done something amazing in, in a, 
only a spiritual sense, only looking at spiritual revelations and things versus just everything else. Because everything comes from God and, and just giving thanks to Him and that. Um, and then obviously what we celebrate, we propagate. So by celebrating those things, it's highlighted to me, well, this is an important and good thing. And how can I plan to make this happen again? Um, so that has helped me a lot. And again, it's for me, it's the cycle of focusing on those things like Philippians says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Because at the end, I would want it to circle back to rejoicing. Um, so I'm pract- this is how I'm practicing. Every day I go onto the field and I practice. Um, and that's, that's basically my routine. And then I said, the third point is after I've obviously um, remembered or reflected on these things, I s- celebrated it, but then almost to sit back and just almost look at it and enjoy it and receive it and just realize, it's like Debbie says, I guess that's the smile part. That's why I can sit back and smile and just, wow, this is my reality. Wow, God, you're so good. And that can almost go into another place of praise and worship and just worshiping him and all of us works together in creating a narrative that God is good I don't have to then continually remind myself although I do that God is good but it, it becomes my reality almost my mind starts telling me that God is good and we also all have a kind of narrative um, in your sub, subconscious mind that is continually saying something to you and mostly we start out with it being negative just because we we haven't always brought that to the top to to assess whether it's actually a good narrative in the subconscious or not but this over time in my subconscious that creates a place where I see the goodness of God and I taste it and it's almost easier for me to connect with that Um, yeah so that that is basically some of the learnings and how I've been practicing the, the peace of God and embracing the peace of God. And I think it's like not even 10 or 1% of, of what it encapsulates. But for this last quarter, that has really blessed me and feels like in terms of Cassie Carsten said that we should not run after efficiency, but capacity. As leaders, we should seek for capacity, not efficiency. And so many times I've felt myself, how many things can I slot into a calendar and just get things done? Um, But then the slightest small thing can break your back because I don't have capacity, because I've just been running after doing as many things as I can. Rather than that, seeking capacity... Um, is filling yourself up with these good things, reminding yourself. And it doesn't seem efficient because you don't get immediate output. But our Western world is so consumed with efficiency and effectiveness that we just become shells and shadows of our former selves. And just by embracing, and I've read the scripture now, God, make this a reality in my life. How does this reality look in my life? Or how can it look in this season at least? And just to try and soak that up so that we, yeah, we, we can at least then attempt to, to become the word to those amongst us and have that become uh, a reality in us.
Thank you, Jacques. For many of you, this uh, is very relevant, and for some of you, this will become extremely relevant as you continue to walk with the Lord. Um, but without finding ways to practically do this, like Jacques said, it's, it doesn't mean anything. It's a nice message, but then you just walk out and continue. And Scripture says we become deceived when we do that. So. Uh, it's, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, Proverbs 25. So he gives us these blueprints and he says, I know you guys are able to build businesses and careers and, um, and bridges and whatever you guys build. I know if you really want to, you can figure it out. I know, Jacques, if you really want to obey my word, I don't need to tell you exactly what to do. You can figure it out. I like that. And this is how someone like Jacques has taken hold of that and figured it out. What does it mean in my life practically today? And so if we try and share from that place of not only good theology, but practical implementation of the peace of God. So I'm going to ask um, Franz if you could maybe just come and um, make some background music for us. And we're going to do three little exercises now that links to what Jacques said, and that is from the three sermons that I've preached on breaking anxiety, because I want to help you with practical tools. Like I said, you can develop your own ones for sure, but I want to give you some handles on practical tools, to do things to actually do to obey this and to usher the peace of God into your life. So um, for most of it, I will lead you and you will sit with your eyes closed and just do whatever is um, I lead you in. And uh, Franz will make sure that there's a nice, sound, nice, nice background music going on for that. Thank you, Franz. Um, we're going to do three different exercises. So you can close your eyes. I'm just going to pray for us and then we'll do that. So you can go to the next slide below. You guys can have a look at the slide also if you're losing, if, if, if you just like uh, try, try and remember where we're at in the process as we go. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be so present with each one of us now. I pray, Father, that you would really help to ingrain even these practical things in our hearts and our minds and show us how to make them a part of our life. So we just want to say yes to the Prince of Peace and your perfect peace ruling in us and showing this world your victory. So as your eye is closed, eyes are closed, I want you to identify any temptation that wants you to be anxious, anything that wants to make you anxious. If you think about tomorrow, if you think about the rest of the day, if you think about something right now, that if you think about it, you go, <gasps> just think of that thing. Now, Scripture tells us to cast it on God because He cares for us. We need to say no to this. It's, 
it's even sinful to receive this anxiety. So I want you to take that thing like it's a ball that's being passed to you. I want you to smile as you hand it over to your father in your imagination. Just tell God, I'm giving you this thing. And just give it. Smile knowing that he is able. Now, whatever your requests and your needs are with regards to this thing, make them known to God. Tell God, what do you want from this? What is your desire from this? What is your need in this? Tell Him those things. Make it clear to Him. smile because it really uh, reflects the truth of the matter be still in his presence right now and just receive his peace in whichever way he brings it to you right now attitude for the next little exercise so this first one you can do whenever something comes at you whenever there's a temptation to worry whenever you realize you are worrying do this little one that we just did now we're going to move to the next one while we actually fill our minds with what is good like Jacques said we're going to do that right now if you can't think of anything, if you're in jail with the rats nibbling at your toes, then think of Jesus Christ and all he has done and you'll never run out of good things. So as you sit there, I want you to smile and to keep the smile. For this exercise, the smile is important. Remember, the smile tells your soul of the reality of the victory of Christ in the spirit that there is perfect joy and peace smile at it and then a couple of times just breathe in deeply a couple of times it tells your 
body that it doesn't have to worry, it doesn't have to be in fight or flight. So you are making your body obedient to the scriptures when you just smile and breathe and then we're going to think about some things. Three or four times in and out. Don't drop the smile. Let it crack open the damn walls on the side of your cheeks. the smile don't worry about your breathing too much now otherwise it becomes a bit much to focus on but just keep the smile up and think about one good thing in your life one good thing that's very real to you now if you think back on the last couple of days or weeks one good thing specific don't just say the goodness of God or his his grace or whatever make it a specific thing that is real in your life right now okay I hope you have one good thing now, while you keep the smile, think about five to ten things that made this possible. What are the good things that make this good thing possible? I'm going to give some time to just think of that. Just list some good things that made this good thing possible. While you keep the smile. smile big smile big come on don't be a frowning Christian if you frown too much in the presence of God then you don't you your body would tell you I don't want to be a be a smiling Christian and now think of what are the positive emotions involved in this what positive emotions do you and can you harvest 
from these good things. Name those emotions and try to feel them. So that was a little three-minute exercise that you can do every day. And like Jacques said, over a couple of months, it makes a massive impact in the way that you think and in the narrative that's real to you. Now we're going to do one more as we wrap up this morning's service. This is my favorite. Might this be one of the things that I always minister into and share number three you can still keep your eyes closed we're going to go for this beautiful one I want you to bring your your current worst sin shame failure weaknesses before I'm thinking what's the thing that you know like currently I just fall short in that for me it's my habits with my phone eating habits it's wayward and it's yeah it's my phone's probably the biggest one that I just repent about the whole time I just can't I just can't get it right so but just bring me your worst sin shame failure thing whatever it is just bring it before him hold it up in a way that it would it feels like you and him can look at it now in his presence you and him are looking at that thing right now you're with him right now father i pray in jesus name that you would just make your presence known to each and every one of us in this space right now father this isn't a exercise of the mind but of your holy spirit right now and i as you just as you're just engaging the father i want you to bring that thing before him you are looking at it he is looking at it and then you ask him in this state to tell him what he thinks about you and who he says you are ask him that look him in the eyes and say looking out this even looking at this tell me what you think about me and tell me who do you say i am Let's do that.
if you can't hear anything, it's probably because you think he's going to say something bad. You're not tuning to the right radio station. He wants to lavish his love on you. In a way that would want to make you cry out and say, it can't be God. Just tune into the love of God in this space. And then write it down. Write down what those things are so you can remind yourselves of them. The things that He says over you. just read this over you again I think we'll close with your song France but uh, let me read this over you guys just receive this again from the Lord the Lord is my shepherd I lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters he refreshes my soul he guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's all stand and then praise God for the good things that He has done in us this morning.